1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, it's Zach Clark, host of The Daily J. Happy New Year. I wanted to start off 2023 by saying just one thing. Thank you. Thank you to you, The Daily J listener. You have helped us grow throughout this year immensely. In fact, The Daily J was downloaded over 100,000 times in December alone. We here at WWJ look forward to bringing you more of Metro Detroit's most important stories in 2023 through the lens of The Daily J. Make sure you're to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review. That kind of stuff is super helpful. Today's episode is a throwback to our Spooky J series from this past October. Annie Scaramazzino and I went to Detroit's oldest bar, the two-way in, and listened to the bar's matriarch, Mary Malik aganowski tell us ghost stories. Don't listen to this one in the dark. At Detroit's oldest bar, some of the original patrons still hang around.
2: Colonel Norris is said to walk from one end to the other, and I think that's what I experienced. There's definitely something there. It's not bad. It's just part of the building.
1: The two-way Inn has anchored the Nordtown neighborhood for 150 years, and it has the spirits to prove it. This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. In the second installment of our Spooky J series, WWJ's Annie Scaramazzino and I went to the corner of Mount Elliott and Nevada in Detroit to the city's oldest bar, the two-way Inn which also might be the most haunted. All right, Annie, logically, things that are older are more likely to be haunted. And we found the oldest bar in Detroit, and that proved to be true.
3: Yeah, the two way in, it's been around since the 1870s and it
4: has a long history. It's the original wooden floors from the 1870s. So the thought of someone just coming in off the street, walking through for 150 years, it just blows my mind. And we're the caretakers of this history. My grandfather actually used to come here in the 30s after prohibition with his father. And he was about 15 years old, and by 15, he was a working man. And he would come into the two-way, and he just fell in love with it. He would say, I'm going to own this place one day. And the lady behind the bar, she would say, oh, I'll save it for you, Harry. Sure enough, it's 1973. My grandfather is now 50 years old, and he hears that the two-way's for sale. He comes in. That lady's now 81, and he says, do we still have our deal? And she said, absolutely, and it was a done deal. It's definitely a family, family-run business. All of my memories are in this building. This is the first place I ever lived.
1: That last voice you heard was that of Danielle Pantoloresco, the granddaughter of Harry Malick and the daughter of Mary Malick Agonowski, the current matriarch of the two-way. We got to talk to Mickey Lyons, who is a Detroit historian through bar history, which I'm just insanely jealous. Jealous. I can't can't get over how jealous I am. (laughs) But we talked to Mickey, and one of the things that we learned about the two way is that for a long time, it was many different things.
3: Well, it was everything they needed it to be because there was just a lack of resources. It served as a dentist's office during the Prohibition era.
1: Right, and it was prescribed by dentists and by doctors. So basically, they were able to subvert prohibition by prescribing alcohol as medicine. And so people wonder how bars like that survived prohibition. That's how.
3: Yeah, I mean it served a lot of different ways and reasons that the neighborhood itself needed. It was originally a general store for
2: the Norris Town settlement in what was in the late 19th century, the middle of nowhere, essentially around Detroit. It was the town center. It was the general store, it was the jail, it was the post office, it was Everything in one shop. You can see marks on the side bar where a bartender has set down a cigar or a cigarette and it's burned a little groove into the side of the bar. A few years ago, the family did a full renovation of the front room of the place. They pulled the drop ceilings out and exposed the gorgeous, original, intact tin ceiling. And then they also exposed the spot in the floor that led down stairs into the jail cell. At the time, it was a statehouse stop. It was so far away from the rest of Detroit that if you had somebody who got a little bit too rowdy, they had to be held overnight before the cops could make the trek to Norristown.
1: And for context, Mickey is a journalist and a historian. But Mickey, as part of a project, worked at the Two Way. So Mickey's experience comes from not just randomly frequenting the bar. It came from a several-month stint bartending once a week. So she immersed herself in the bar.
3: There's different activities and paranormal happenings that people have experienced. Some cupboards opening or kind of feeling something near them. Mickey told us that she experienced tobacco smoke blown by her and she just smelled it all of a sudden. I was working there on
2: Tuesday nights for a little while and there are a few different spirits that are said to inhabit the space and visit from time to time. On Tuesday nights it was pretty slow at the beginning of the evening so I would often be by myself and one evening I was there And directly next to me, I got an incredibly strong smell of dark, earthy tobacco smoke just right into my face. There was nowhere it could have come from. No one in the family smokes. I think that was just somebody's way of saying I'm here. So I just said, hey, hope I'm not bothering you just doing my work here. So that was the most visceral experience I had. I've seen things walking out of the corner of your eye, Colonel Norris himself is said to walk from one end of the room to the other, and I think that's what I experienced a time or two. There's definitely something there, but it's not bad. It's just part of the building.
5: I got a strange piece.
1: Annie, before we go any further, we've talked about the importance of the two-way in through history, going back to the 1800s, and none of that would have been possible without the colonel himself.
3: Colonel Norris started the two-way in 1876. The building was built in 1873. He's a really interesting guy. He was a Civil War spy. He was a trapper. He was a poet. He was, I think, the second superintendent of Yellowstone National Park. He had lived all over and came to Detroit and started this place. Sometimes people call him the cowboy because he tends to be in sort of that era of clothing, maybe his old Civil War uniform, who knows. But he is said to be seen often with a big hat that kind of looks like a cowboy hat.
1: And Annie, we could tell you more stories about the Colonel, but I think we should just let Mary do it.
3: Yeah, I think Mary's got it. We see the Colonel knows, then there would
5: be a woman, a young woman. So I would be like, what's the link between this older man and this young woman? And I'm thinking, I wonder if he's meeting one of the dance hall girls, Mm -hmm. a woman that works here, or if it's his mistress. Mm -hmm. And I would tell people that, and then I'd say, I better not say that, they may get mad at me, you know? (laughs) And so about four years ago, mm-hmm. I'm tending bar, and it's a Friday night, and this couple oh, walked in, and they were about my age, so I got them their drinks, and I'm talking to the people, and, and Tony and the couple's talking, and he goes, Mary, come here, guess what, those are Colonel Norris's relatives, and they were like four or five generations down. They had always heard about the bar and they wanted to pop in and see it. I just looked at him and I said, Well, do you know that your great, 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 great grandfather still walks the floors <laughs> here? And then he goes, What? I said, From the time we moved in, within months, my mother had seen this guy. We went to do some of the history on the bar, bring home the paperwork. That's the guy my mother seen. She was like, That's the guy I was telling you about. <clears throat> but there's also a young woman that walks the floors here. And people at one time thought it was me because I was 17, thin, long hair. One of the barmaids actually thought I came in here with my nightgown in the back room. So that's another story. But anyways, I said, people see the woman here too. So I said, I wonder what the link is. I said, I don't want to offend you, but I said, I often wondered Why them two are here? If she was his mistress, and he said, "Who knows?" He said he's been a lot of places. He could have had mistresses or whatever. But he said, "I do know his daughter died here," and I'm like, "I still get goosebumps when he." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And then I'm wondering, like, is he watching over his daughter? That's like her spirit still here. So. Anyhow, I go running in the house because I'm so excited, I want to tell my daughter, Jennifer. So I just ran in and I grabbed my phone and I grabbed the remote and I put the TV on. So the house is light, just with the TV. And I'm like, Jennifer, you're not going to believe it. Colonel Norris' relatives were in here, blah, blah, blah. My TV goes, Shut shuts (laughs) off. Wait a minute, because now it's completely dark in my house. I threw the phone down. I put every light on in the house.
2: Uh,
5: and I look right there on the couch is my remote. Right where I was sitting, put it on and I said, Jeffrey, you're not gonna bleed. As soon as I said that to you, it was like recognition, like, yeah, see, I'm a little girl, I'm not, you know, some mistress.
1: One of the things I thought was interesting, as we bridge the two episodes we've done so far, the notion again came back, and I asked Mickey about this, places that are filled with any kind of energy, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, tend to retain that energy.
2: There's this theory in parapsychology called the stone tape theory. And it's just what you said, Zach. It's this idea that strong emotion whether that's love, fear, any strong emotion will essentially be recorded within the building and resonate through time. And if that's the case, then what resonates from the walls of the two-way is love for that place.
3: You know, sometimes you walk into a place and you can just feel a a particular energy there. Sometimes it's not good and you can't really explain why that is, but you just kind of feel like, oh, I got to get out of here. I think with the two-way, it's the exact opposite of that. You think, I got to get in here. It's a great place. You know, when you walk in the door, you can just already feel that it's like home. It reminds me of holidays in my Busha's basement back when I was a kid. It's got a really homey vibe both with how it's decorated and how it's been maintained, but specifically the people that run it and just the kind of general feel that it gives off when you're in there. And so, you know, it attracts a very sort of like positive group of people who really love the place, both the people that own it, Mary and her family, and also the people that come there and frequent the place. So I think that because it sort of generates all that positive energy and because You know, people love it so deeply. It's been able to maintain that sort of energy with the spirits too that they believe haunt there.
1: And I agree with you. And I have one minor takeaway. Other than that, I've got a new ambition in the next life for me because now that I know that ghosts can haunt bars, that's what I want to do.
2: I mean, I hope I can haunt bars someday.
1: Oh my God, me too. I I I, I have a new wish. Yeah,
3: that definitely seems like that's on the horizon for
1: you. Not anytime soon, hopefully. I'm I'm not trying to get there tomorrow, but I'm just saying, like, ultimately. If I have to spend the rest of time trapped in the two-way, like, you know, I could think of worse punishment.
3: As could I, and I think that that's part of the entire draw of the two-way, right? Like, nobody wants to leave, literally, in life and in death. So it's easy to see how folks that come across the two-way want to stay, and clearly they have.
1: Huge thanks to Annie Scaramazzino, Danielle Pantoloresco, Mary Malik aganowski and Mickey Lyons for today's haunts. This podcast would not be possible without the work of our digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you have questions, comments, or concerns about The Daily J? We want to hear them. Send us an email to dailyj at odyssey.com. That's dailyj at audacy.com. Our original theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. It's...